this is Anne Wist, and welcome back to my podcast, One More Chapter. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the book called Desiring God by John Piper. So before I get started, I have an announcement to make. I have to announce the winner of this giveaway, because the giveaway closed on Friday. So right now I have in front of me all the contestants that decided to participate. Thank you to all of you who participated. You know who you are, and um, I'm so glad that you wanted to participate in this giveaway. So I am going to close my eyes and randomly point to a name, and we'll see who wins. Lauren Ring, you are the winner of this giveaway. Thank you again to all who have participated. I hope none of you are discouraged. There is a new giveaway coming, a monthly giveaway, that if you guess correctly what I read, then you will win the book that I'm currently reading. And if it's a series that you guessed right, you'll win the entire series. So don't be discouraged that you didn't win this one. Thank you all for participating, and now let's get into the book. This is one of my favorite theology books. I know I said that last time we talked about a theology book, but this is also a very good read. Um, This is not so much only for young women. This is more for anyone who is a true follower of Christ. It describes in depth how we can have joy in God in all circumstances. So we're going to go through this episode the same way we went through the first episode where I will give a synopsis of the book, um, discuss the most likely intent of the author, give my personal opinion, go through some reviews, um, and give you my favorite quote and then leave you with some awesome verses to meditate on. So to start... It talks about the joy in God that we are commanded throughout scripture to have, and it talks about how we can have that joy in him through all circumstances. My personal opinion of this book is it is a very good read. I would say don't read it as someone who's newly saved. I tried to read it when I was first saved and I did not understand what was going on. It's very hefty, thick language that I didn't understand until I tried to read it after being saved for years and then I was able to understand it more thoroughly. I would say it is a very good read, but to wait until you've been in the faith a little longer to read it because it's very meaty and complex in the way that it's written, that it could be hard to understand as a new believer. So now I'll go into the reviews. This book I only have, so now I'll go into the reviews. This book I only have one review per side, unlike the last episode. So the first review I'll read is not good. The first review reads, Some of it made sense and squared with what I know to be true from the Bible, but for the majority of the book I found myself going, what did I just read? I cannot understand this guy. 
this makes sense. As I said in the beginning of this episode, when I gave my personal opinion, this makes sense because as I said in the beginning of this episode, it's a very hefty read, a very meaty read. It was harder for me to understand it as a new believer when I was first saved than it was when I tried to read it three years later. So I can see where this person is coming from. Some of us, when we're first saved because of that, may not be ready to read it yet and still have to grow in our understanding of theological language. When I first tried to read this book, I read the first few pages of the first chapter and did not understand it very well at all. But as I said earlier, when I read it a few years later, it made a lot more sense. So I would say in response to this review that it's okay if we don't understand it when we're first saved or if we don't understand it when we first try to read it because it is such a meaty and hefty book. Although for me, I don't think I would give it less of a review because it's hard to understand because that presents a challenge that once we overcome it, once we are able to understand it, it there's a reward. We feel, wow, I've accomplished this. I've read this book. Even though when I started, it was hard. I finished it. I can tell you when I finally did finish this book, I did feel that. I felt, oh my gosh, I finished this. It was a lot to get through. It was hefty. It was meaty, but I got through it. So the second review I'll read now is a good review. And this says, Desiring God was an incredible book. It's so refreshing and a great motivation to continue seeking after God. It's revitalizing and exciting and helps you to see your relationship with God in a new light. I agree with all of that. It was very, very deep explanation of joy. One thing that I really loved about this book was from the beginning, Mr. Piper explains that there isn't anything wrong with the word happiness, that we can say that we have happiness in God. The only reason that the word happiness has a negative connotation is because of the way that the world has used it. They haven't used it to mean godly joy. They have meant it to mean self-centered joy. So I love that in the first chapter, he really just continuously uses the word happy or happiness to prove that there is nothing innately wrong with that word that we can use joy or happiness when talking about our joy or happiness in God. It's just that the world, just like many other pure things, has tainted it to make it self-centered. So now going into my favorite quote. My favorite quote of this book is on page 119. And it says, love is the overflow of joy in God that gladly meets the needs of others. We can find joy in anything that we do because our joy is not in that activity. It is in God. It's basically looking at something you love and saying, wow, God gave me this and I can give him glory and give him thanks and be so joyous in him that he gave me this Thing or this person that I love. When we have joy in the Lord, it gives us a desire to show love to other people because we love the Lord. We love his word. It commands us to love others and we want to follow him and we want to obey his commands. 
Now I will read some passages of scripture to leave you with that discuss having joy in the Lord. It is commanded throughout scripture that we have joy in him no matter what. In James, all through the Psalms, in Philippians, those are just a few books that you could read if you would like to read a little bit more of what it looks like to have godly joy through any situation. But today I'm only going to read three passages. The first one I will read is Philippians 4 verse 4. This passage says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. This is not a suggestion. This says straight up, flat out, rejoice in the Lord. There's not an option. We are commanded, we are told to rejoice in God. It's not an if you feel like it, if you want to. It's whether you feel like it or whether you want to or not. You are commanded by him to have joy in him. If we really think about everything in our life and we sit and think about the things that we have, eventually we will forget why we were upset and we'll just be over will be so full of thankfulness and joy. I know this to be true because when I am upset about something, as soon as I start saying what I'm thankful for, it becomes so much smaller and God becomes so much bigger. So the next passage that I'll look through is Psalm 1611. This says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. As believers, as people who are saved, we walk and should act as if we are walking in the paths of life. We were taken out of darkness and brought into light when we were saved. And we should be so joyous in that that we should be just a shining bright light to the world around us. We should be glad that this is commanded of us because who likes to be upset? Who likes to be sad? Who likes to not be joyous? We should be thankful that we are commanded to be happy, to be joyous, and to have true joy in the Lord because he is unchanging, unlike our circumstances that make our emotions go up and down. But if we have a firm root in our joy in the Lord and a good grip and study and memory and love of and for scripture. We should continue to have joy in the Lord because we love his word and we love him more than we love circumstantial comfort. So the last verse that I'll read is Psalm thirty-three twenty-one. This says, For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. One of the main things in having a joy for the Lord is trusting him. Knowing his character is unchanging, unfailing, gracious, patient, kind. Trusting that character of him because then we let go of the things that we're worried about in life and we can rest in his unchanging grace knowing that everything will work out for our good and his glory as genesis says those are just such great verses to meditate on i hope you get a chance to meditate on those at some point after listening to this 
so that is all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I really hope that you get a chance to read this book. It's such a great book. I know I love this book. I hope you have a great rainy day reading. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.